0: Welcome to It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. So welcome, everyone. I wanted to thank you for hopping on It's Just My Thoughts, the podcast. It's my first episode. I'm very excited about it. I was going to give this whole spill and welcome for you, but I decided against it. So I figured I would just jump right in. Uh, I want to start today with the Black Excellence and go over the BET Awards from last night. I actually really enjoyed the BET Awards last night. Um, I usually enjoy them every year. I love every award show, so I try to find something from the shows that I that I like. Uh, I think my highlights of it was uh, I love the, uh, the mixture of performances. Um, I thought this year they actually got it right. Um, they had a little bit of gospel, a little bit of R&B with Fantasia. Uh, they had some rap in there. But um, I think they actually got it right with all of the Lifetime Achievement Awards, the Humanitarian Awards. I really actually really enjoyed it. Um, My most notable was Lizzo, who was an entire mood. I have been on Lizzo for a little while and I've been trying to get everybody on it. Um, I talked to my sister about it uh, probably a few weeks ago telling her she need to check her out. Um, The twerking with a flute, I absolutely loved it. Uh, And I love just how Lizzo is just out here living you know, she, to me, it's just an entire mood. She embodies what I think most people nowadays should really try to live their life by, just by not giving two fucks by anything. Um, and I actually, really, I actually really, really enjoy her. I'm glad she's finally getting her shine that, you know, she should, you know, should have been getting, because she, she's been out for a while, but, you know, people are finally catching on to her. So, um, like I said, I think all the major awards were all well-deserved. Um, the Humanitarian Award being presented to Nipsey Hussle. Uh, was absolutely beautiful. I thought the tribute was, was uh, beautiful. And honestly, I think on the BET Awards, I think the Humanitarian Award every year is one of the awards that, that I think that they actually get right. Um, every year, the uh, the recipient of it, I think, is pretty spot on. I think it's really good. Um, Nipsey Hussle is well-deserved this year. Um, I thought that was a beautiful uh, tribute moment. Um, so let's address the Lifetime Achievement with Mary J. Mary J. Blige having a 20-minute set uh, was everything, and she killed it. I literally watched it the whole time, um, trying to contain myself, but also just being completely tickled because I think, the, besides Diddy, Mary J. is the only person that can just give you straight 90s and have you just feeling like you are back kicking it on the block, you know, listening to a Mary J. CD. So I really I really thought that um, her performance was great. Um, I was surprised she brought out Method Man, Uh, and he came out looking like an entire snack he is aging um very well he actually to me looks better now than he did back in the day um he looked amazing i actually thought Lil kim looked uh she looked really great too now i was surprised that Lil kim has this random ass back there um maybe i missed that I, i don't know but that was surprising but she actually looked um really great and it was just good to see her come out and do her thing uh, Lil Kim to me is one of the legends as well. You know she exemplifies New York, um, and I always think about Biggie and when rap was actually good. So I, it was for me a, a joy of seeing it. I thought Black Excellence last night was really great, um, and I really, I really, really actually enjoyed the BET Awards. Um, they did a really good job this year. Everything was well put together. Now, I wanted to discuss what I've been up to uh, this this summer, uh, leading up to my podcast. Um, I wanted to talk about some of my summer reading. Lately, well, really this entire year, I've only really read uh, memoirs. I think it's something about reading another person's journey and seeing how they made their dreams come true. um, And just actually thinking about the fact that everyone has a story. Sometimes when you see celebrities or people of influence, we forget to humanize them and actually think about, How did they get there and what was their journey? And when you actually see uh, people that have amazing stories, you're like, wow. Like for me, I'm always like, wow, you know, if this person can do it. You know, why can't you? And even when I sit and talk to the younger generation, I'm always encouraging them to, you know, if you like this person, see if they have a memoir or see what you can read about somebody else's journey. Because a lot of times, you know, we look at people and we think that everything with them is just easy or that everything they're doing right now is easy because, you know, they're made to look like everything is great and everything is easy. But it's not always that way. So memoirs for me is actually my um, my favorite. Some of my uh, my notables that I have that I read recently, uh, I think my favorite that actually is probably my top five now of all times is uh, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker by Damon Young easily moved into my top five books of all times. Um, I don't want to go too in depth in case you guys pick this book up, which I strongly suggest, but, um, Damien Young, uh, basically wrote a memoir, but he separated it by chapters. So every chapter is a different essay of some point in his life. I thought that was actually really cool because most times when you read memoirs, it starts from childhood, middle life, present. And so for him, You know, he had all of those elements, but he split up in a way that he told a story and his storytelling in this was absolutely phenomenal. Um, A lot of things with the book, I actually, uh, it resonated with me so much um, as far as like his feelings on blackness and the first time he was called a nigga. And it made me think about, you know, my moment of that. Um, And I I guess I can actually go into that story. Uh, You know, I grew up, Pretty um, pretty diverse to a certain degree. Um, you know my high school was wasn't really diverse. I mean we had um we had a mixture, but it was majority it was majority white. So uh, if you were of color, you were a minority in that instance. But I played sports, and so I never really had a situation where I felt any different from anybody else. So I was very naive going into college because I thought that everybody you know, was kind of the same, even though I knew it was differences, but because I never experienced it, nor did I ever see any differences firsthand. I, I didn't really, I really wasn't cognizant of the fact that it was any differences. Um, so I went to college, I transferred, um, from HBCU to, um, the college I graduated from, which was actually, um, at the time, it's a little more diverse now because now they have a black dean. but at the time it was, um, I was back again, a minority, uh, you know, on campus in a sense, and so my first nigga story came from where uh, I was an exercise sports science major, so I had to take every sports class. Um, I'll never forget uh, the professor name was Dr. Richards, and I was actually in a basketball class. So you know, we were we had pennies against non-pennies, basically the jerseys against non-jerseys, and they had on like their regular clothes. So it was probably about three or four black people in general in the class out of a class of probably 15, 20 people. Um, and it was two black females. I was one of them and it was another girl on another team. So in the middle of us playing, he stops the game and he's like, Oh, well the colors need to switch. So everyone's looking at each other like, okay. Um, you know, what is that? Is he saying like, you know, what is he saying? Like we didn't really understand, you know, was he talking about, that like we take off the pennies and then everybody else put on the pennies or or, you know, was he talking about their entire group? And then we realized once he started saying it again that he was saying that I needed to switch teams, switch to the other team and the one black person on the other team need to switch to my team. And that was the first time that I really was like, wait, whoa. Because I actually stayed after class and talked to him about it because I was truly offended by the fact that it was in the 2000s. And I think it was 2007. And you're calling me a colored. Um, That was just like, to me, the most politically incorrect thing that you can say. But he actually argued me down about the fact that, no, color is actually the correct way to to address black people. And he, you know, stood by that. And actually, when I went to um, talk to the dean of the department about it, because at that point I was completely uncomfortable, um, you know, being in his class um, because I had to take other classes with him as well. And I think, you know, the fact that you have a, a professor with that mindset, it really just didn't really sink well with me. And then, after, But after that point. Um, I became a lot more aware and cognizant of all the things around me, even down to, you know, at school, I was called the token black girl. They've never they've never met a black person like me. Um, You know how different I am from other black people. And when you when people begin to tell you things like that, it really makes you start being more aware because. I wasn't different from other black people. You know, maybe people just maybe people already had a notion of what they think in their mind about black people. Yeah, I do care about my education. Yeah, I made good grades. But, um, you know, I'm a part of a, of a phenomenal um, black sorority. We had black fraternities on campus. We had amazing people on campus um, that actually now now that we're adults, that's doing phenomenal things. Lawyers, um, entrepreneurs, teachers. And so um, it was really profound for me when I had my moment. So when Damon Young in this book was talking about his moment, um, I connected so much. And so I really, really, really loved this book. Uh, If anybody's looking for a summer read, I definitely suggest I've suggested it to everybody that I talked to because it was really enjoyable for me. Um, Another memoir I wanted to highlight was Jennifer Lewis, Mother of Black Hollywood. I thought this book was seriously a wild ride. Um, But the main point that I enjoyed and took away from the book was her openness to her struggle with her mental health and later being diagnosed with bipolar. What I found interesting was that um, a large majority of her adult life was spent with her drinking heavily, having multiple sexual partners and escapades, as well as deep bouts of depression. She spoke very candidly in the book about when she finally started therapy and how unhinged she was during the process at the beginning. Uh, Her friends actually had suggested to her uh, for many years that she needed to go and talk to someone. And that leads me to my thought of the week. Why is therapy and mental health a taboo topic within the black community? I am currently on a personal journey and I've been on it for a while now. It actually, it's actually what led me to want to create this podcast and talk about all the things that uh, circle around in my mind. I've currently been actively in therapy for two years and it's honestly the best thing I could have ever done for myself. I probably will be actively in therapy for the rest of my life. Um, Just to go back on my personal journey, I can recall when I was young uh, in my household, we never talked about feelings, um, rarely ever. My dad was a super emotional guy in regards to him expressing his love um, and, you know, telling you he loved you and all those things. So I did receive, you know, love in that way. But as far as um, expressing if something bothered you, or if something that, or if it's something that you were struggling with, uh, I felt like you, we had to be strong and we had to be survivalist in a sense, um, because that's kind of how our parents raised us. And so you really didn't have time to feel, and really, nor nor did you have a a way to express that either. Um, my mom was really an old school believer of that. God will fix all your problems. So you just pray about it and you leave it to God. And so a lot of times, you know, as a kid, you know, you're sitting there praying, um, to God, but you know, when you're young, you don't fully understand, um, uh, religion in a sense. Um, but you know, I would pray. I was, um, you know, I'm still a strong believer in my faith. Um, you know, I believe that you, you know, if you pray and you work, um, You know, God will make a way for you as long as you put in the work as well and, you know, believe in what you're doing. Um, But we're also taught, you know, early on that whatever happened in our house or in our family, you keep the information in your house and you don't discuss family business ever. So the thought of going to therapy, especially as a child, well, that was something that you weren't going to do. And then if you went to therapy, you know, um, what were you going to talk about there? Because you were, you know, pretty much raised that when you go out in the street, you know, something Was to happen or whatever, you don't ever talk about your family. And that really, uh, stuck with me probably, you know, majority of my life. Um, I think it really shaped me as an adult, as far as my communication, because I struggled with expressing my feelings or thoughts to people. And I became a holder of feelings, um, which led me to, uh, initially, um, starting counseling because when I first went into therapy, um, I actually went into a couple counseling with my partner and, um, you know, we did not communicate well. Um, And so we really wanted to work on that. And that was great for me because uh, I believe that if you truly love somebody, you'll really do the necessary steps to put in the work to fix it. Because love is not a perfect thing and relationships is not a perfect thing. And it's always something that you're going to have to work, work on. You know, we've been in a relationship for five years and I feel like, you know, this is a forever for me, but you know, even with forever being the goal, um, we're always going to be growing. Uh, and so we're always going to have to work and put the work in the relationship. And so we started, um, we started therapy. So when I first went into therapy, um, I was actually pretty open to the process. Uh, I was pretty cocky going in because I didn't really think that I was the problem with anything. Um, and, you know that very much changed, because it wasn't that they're a problem or I'm a problem, but I realized, you know, with me going a couple counseling that it was things that I wanted to correct with myself, or things that I wasn't even aware that I was doing, or putting out into the atmosphere, um, or if I was even, or if I was harsh, or if I wasn't communicating properly. And it really didn't come to a head for me until I actually went to therapy and started listening to myself or the feedback about myself that was presented to me in this safe space. You know, a lot of times when you are in a relationship, like people don't always want to send, tell you, um, well, I don't like when you do this, you know, whether it's to hurt your feelings or they might be a holder themselves or whatever may be the case. And so and I never expressed my feelings you know, and I, like now that I'm in therapy, I actually think back to why is that, that I don't say, you know, Hey, when you did this, this bothered me, you know, or Hey, when you did this, this hurt me instead, like I wouldn't say anything. So then now I have an attitude and I'm walking around like this, you know, it could be for months and you don't even realize that you're carrying this. So a lot of times what's funny is that When I talk about therapy, people are like, Well, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with you But it's not even about something being wrong with me. It was that I was literally always stressed out because I always had things going around in my mind. I feel like I never could shut my mind off and I'm always thinking about something. I'm always worried about what I need to do next or what I need to do for work or what needs to happen over here or I need to run here. I need to do this. And so for me, um, I didn't I didn't like that. And it led to a lot of sleepless nights where you know i was up thinking about stuff or i'm at work thinking about stuff and you know it would be stressful in a sense so as we were doing a couple counseling uh that then led me to wanting to do individual counseling just for myself to start breaking down why do i do some of the things that i do where did it stem from where did it come from and the biggest revelation that i had actually um is that A lot of shit that you fucked up with, you probably got fucked up in your childhood. Like I tell people all the time, adults fuck up kids, you know, and they don't even realize that, you know, it could be from just what they were taught from their parents or, you know, or they have a generational hurt there or, you know, some people say a generational curse that's passed down and and they don't realize because they're so into their shit that now they're passing this on to their kids. And so for me, um, I was actually listening to one of my favorite podcasts, Brilliant Idiots, with uh, Charlamagne Tha God and Andrew Schultz, and they had Humble the Poet on there, and um, he wrote a book called Unlearn, and I'm actually that's actually one of my books to read. I haven't read the book yet, but he was actually going over some of the things in the book. So he talked about how that he had to unlearn a lot of behaviors to become a better version of himself, and that for me is basically the best way to describe what I'm experiencing right now in my life. Like, I feel like um, every day I'm unlearning behavior or unlearning uh, things that was instilled in me as a child about what I should believe or what I think is important. And now I'm trying to relearn that same aesthetic based on um, a better foundation and actually a more valid foundation instead of, oh, this is just, you know, how I've always been. Um, you know, my sister actually pointed out, pointed out to me that Mika, you know, you are a lot more expressive, you know, with everything now, as far as like me saying, I love her every day, or, you know, she says that I'm a lot more emotional now. Um, and I think it's important and it actually made me feel good because I think that I, it's important for me to be as vocal as possible and to actually say, you know, even if, because the person might not realize, you know, sometimes we hurt each other and we don't even realize that we're hurting each other or that we're doing each other a disservice. And so for me, I think it's important to say, Hey, you know, I can't, I can no longer do this with you, but this is what I can do. This is what I'm willing to do. Or this is the capacity that I have for you. And to some people, I think that sounds really harsh. And Honestly, I think that that has been the best thing that I ever could have done in my life is when I started really basically putting up boundaries with people Um, because I'm one of those people that everybody come for me for everything, whether it's to talk, whether uh, it could be money, it could be, you know, just to fix their problems um, because I'm actually very good at that. Um, I'm actually a fixer, which is not good because when I love somebody, I love them very deeply. And so I'm going to do everything I can to try to fix you or fix your problem. And it's actually, you know, to a detriment to myself because I will put, I've put in the past so many people before myself to where it's actually has drained me from, you know, or stopped me from doing the things that I actually want to do for myself. And so it's nothing wrong with um, being selfish, and, and not selfish from a standpoint of like, okay, you know, you're just a bad person, but selfish from a standpoint of like, I want to do something for me to make myself happy, you know, and I don't feel bad about it, you know, and I think that... It, it's really hard to do. I still, that's still something for me that I struggle with because I'm always like, Oh, well, let me just do this. But now I'm really trying to be more intentional as far as like, just with my happiness. Um, Because uh, if you leave it up to other people to make you happy, well, people can fail you. And it's not really somebody else's job to give you pure happiness. You actually got to have that self happiness for yourself first in order for me to make my partner you know, a hundred percent happy. Well, I have to be happy first. You know, if I'm sitting around here and I'm unhappy, well, they're not going to be happy, you know, dating me because I'm unhappy and I'm not even realizing that what I'm putting out in this atmosphere every day or how I'm delivering, you know, my message to you or my tone and everything else, it might not be great. And the other person might not feel like it's great, you know, and it's something as simple as just touching base with each other. And so with me going into individual therapy, um, I think it's been really great. I actually have become an advocate to where I'm telling everyone, like, look, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. And even if you don't want to go as often as I do, I go about like every two weeks, go for touch bases, go go once a month or go every two months, you know, go every three, you know, just to get a touch base with yourself. Um, you know, when I have, when I have friends and I haven't heard from them, you know, I call and check on them, you know, how you doing, you know, how you feel. And, and these are simple things that we can all do as a community with each other. It's just ask somebody how they're doing or tell somebody that you love them, whether it's male, female, whatever, it doesn't matter. You know, my brother-in-law, um, he's actually one of my best friends. And, you know, I tell him I love him all the time. And I think sometimes, you know, those little gestures can really make somebody day whether or not, you know, he tried like he don't, he don't want to say it back, but I know that he appreciate it. And I know sometimes, you know, having a random, I love you from somebody might can make your day, you know, that might've been a bad day, be a good day, you know, or telling somebody that you're proud of them. That's something that we definitely could do more of. Um, That's something that I do more of. I try not to critique as much because I can be very hard and sometimes harsh and I've tried to not critique you know as much but be more vocal in regards to just emotions or saying that I'm proud or saying that you know this is great and being more um in the moment and aware I'm barely ever on my phone I'm barely ever on social media um because I want to be present with the person that I'm with or present with my family and so I try to do that more um but I really think, to be honest with you, that um, for me, I'm looking to be a better version of myself. And so every day I spend time with, oh, you know, let me make sure I eat well. Let me make sure I run so, you know, I have uh, physically I'm healthy. But I never took the time to say, let me make sure that my mental health is good. And mental health is just as important as everything else, you know, really, you um, Sometimes when, you know, even out in the media, we'll see like somebody has been struggling with depression or committed suicide. And you're like, wow, like I would have never thought that they have everything or their life just seems so great. And it's those internal struggles. And I've had those internal struggles where, you know, I've just been sad and never talked about it, you know, and it's not good. You, ha- you have to talk about how you feel. You know, and if it's if it's a day that you're sad, I think my biggest thing that I've I've taken away from therapy is that allow yourself to feel, you know, I definitely allow myself to feel, you know, if I'm sad, you know, I'm more expressive as I'm sad. This is why I'm sad. I know I'm going to get through this, but I just want to just talk about it. You know, today I woke up feeling this way and I also journal. You know, if I woke up and I felt like I was in a funk, I write it down and say, yeah, I woke up this morning in a funk. I don't really know why, you know, could have been this, could have been that. And then I think about, well, why? Or when I look back in my journal and I'm and I'm and I can laugh sometimes when I look back and I'm like, wow, this day I was having a really fucked up day. Clearly, because I'm going ham because a lot of times I go ham. But journaling is probably the best thing you can do. I'm actually a goal person. So I write down everything. Um, it can be kind of crazy sometimes because I will definitely go very in depth with um I need to do this, I need to do that and I have all these crazy timelines. Um, to where I've kinda gone away from having like these timelines, but at the same time, you know, I try to just be as um direct and intentional with my life as possible. And and it's not just goals for professionally, you know, I have goals for my relationship, I have goals for, you know, my workouts. You know, I have goals for me doing this podcast today. And so um, I think the reason why that to go back to my thought on why um, mental health has always been such a taboo issue. I personally think that it's because you never really talked about it. And so you always took it like a negative like, oh, you know, you're in therapy because something's wrong with you. I, I, I mean, like I said earlier, I have that question to me all the time and there's nothing wrong with me. Like I'm not on any medication, I'm nothing. And it doesn't matter if you are on medication, you know, but maybe you're just going because you just want to talk to somebody, you know, have an unbiased opinion from somebody. And you might not want to talk to, you know, a, a random person down the street somewhere or, or somebody in your family. Maybe you want to just have an unbiased opinion from somebody, um, because I know for me, Therapy was not something that was ever talked about. Talking about your feelings um, was something that you really, basically, kind of didn't do, and you never really was kind of even asked. You know, my parents were very much like, "You do as you're told, and this is what it is," and so you never really had a, you never really had a moment to have an opinion. Um, you know, it's no disrespect to my parents or anything because that's how they were raised. And I'm sure that's how their parents were raised. And, you know, you just respected adults. And so you didn't talk back. You didn't question what they said. And, you know, we never talked about mental health. And then if you did talk about mental health, you might be like, oh, you know, that's so and so in in the family. And, you know, some, you know, it's like they kind of skirt around like, well, you know, something wrong with him, that type thing or something wrong with her, but they never would talk about it. And in, in hindsight, you know, now that I'm an adult, it probably really wasn't nothing wrong with them. Maybe anxiety, you know, maybe depression. But because we didn't have a name for it, you know, it, it became taboo. And also I think that, you know, black people have a distrust sometimes of white people. Just going back in history, you know, there was a lot of times that blacks were experimenting on, random things was happened to black people with white professionals. And so I think to being willing to sit down in front of somebody that don't look like you was something that people kind of shy away from. Now I think it's been becoming more of a movement where you see blacks getting into therapy, the therapy profession, but it's actually, uh, I think black professionals is in the lowest percentile. And so Taraji P Henson is actually, has been doing the movement and initiative as far as, um, gaining awareness and trying to bring more, um, uh, Professionals into that area and just bringing more um, attention to it because she spoke about um, in one of her interviews that I watched about how when she was trying to get her son into therapy, it was actually really hard because she wanted her son to go to a black therapist and that she actually had difficulty finding a black therapist for her son because she wanted her son to talk to someone that looked like him and that might have a better understanding of what it was that he was going through. Me personally you know, in my couple session, my therapist is black, my individual session, my therapist was white. And it actually was, you know, it just kind of happened that way. But I actually love my white therapist. I love my black therapist as well. And but I see the differences in the two. You know, I even see the differences with how I express certain things in those sessions, just with, you know, a different matter of opinions and, and, and you know, expression, why how, how you would talk to the two. And so uh, I honestly think that's why it's it's been kind of shot against. But I do believe that more and more people are becoming more vested in their mental health. And I think it's really important, important to be invested in your mental health because it's OK if you don't feel OK. I think sometimes people feel like it's not OK. It's OK if you don't feel OK. And if you need to talk to somebody about it, then just talk to somebody about it. Because I promise you that you will feel better. It's made me feel 20 times better. And just putting in the work. And I work every day at being a better version of myself. And, you know, me doing this podcast. And I'm really excited that I chose this to be my first topic on my first episode. But me doing, you know, this podcast is actually therapy for me. And that's the reason why I even wanted to do this. And I plan to do this with you every week and just share my thoughts on certain things. That's all I have for you today. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I look forward to sharing with you more over the next coming weeks. Uh, next week, we'll be at, we'll have a new thought of the week, and I'm really excited about this journey. That's all, folks.